This episode of the Nerd Corporation podcast may contain spoilers and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, wait. I think it's... It oh, wait, no, I think it was him. Was it him? Yeah, that like that's his voice. Huh. What? I'm pretty sure that's him. In the beginning, yeah, the, the red I'm lips. I'm pretty sure. Well, because he, he's singing, like, he's looking sing, out the window. He can sing pretty high. Yeah, he's... he's yeah, so he's like singing, looking out the window at them as they're coming into the castle. Right. I remember that. That's crazy. I wonder if that is him. Hi, this is Barry Bostwick. Talk about nerds. I played one of very famous nerd named Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And you're listening to Nerd Corp, and it's a podcast. And please, keep listening. We... Oui. Are the Nerd Corporation. What up, everybody? It's podcast day. My name is Eddie Lyon, and touch a touch a touch me. I want to be dirty. Yeah, you do. With me, as always, is Derek Reese. Look with your future eyes. <laughs> I don't know. She, I don't know. If she heard it. Uh, <laughs> she heard it. She heard it. Yeah, she heard it. <laughs> Nick Lewis. We smoke in the Qui Gon Gin. We smoke in the Lord's bubbles. <laughs> Cole couldn't be with us today. He's got the Aaron's mud butt. But we are the Nerd Corporation. Welcome to episode 187, Retromania, the Rocky Horror Nerdy Show. We're going to spit a little nerd news at you, and then we're going to talk about probably one of the coolest musicals ever made. Yeah, yeah. So, let's get on with the nerd news. Now, sad day in TV news, uh, we'd lost Richard Mull of Night Court. He, he was in a bunch of other things, though, wasn't he? Oh, he voiced all sorts of stuff. Uh, in particular, he was in the Incredible Hulk cartoon as Abomination um, in 96 to 97. He was in Superman, the animated series as Emperor Spooge. Whoa. So that's... What? That's interesting. Emperor Spooge. That's, yeah, that's, that's what it says. Um, he was in Awe Real Monsters. Oh, I love that show. As Big Bunny and Gangster One. So, you know, kind of a more of an uncredited role as the second I didn't one. see this until I looked at his IMDb, but he was uh, Death in the game Dante's Inferno. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, he also played Scorpion in Spider in the Spider-Man cartoon, Matt Gargan. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, in the new Batman Adventures, he was Harvey Dent slash Two-Face, of course. He was in Cow and Chicken. Uh, like, I mean, he's he was in all sorts of stuff. In Justice League, he played Java. Um, he showed up in Smallville for an episode uh, as Mr. Moore. Um, I mean... He was in the first Fallout game. Yep. And he returned as Harvey Dent in Batman the Brave and the Bold. He was even, he was even in Scooby-Doo. Curse of the Lake Monster as Jesus. Elmer Uggins. Do you guys remember Evolution? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a cool yeah, fucking was, movie. It looks like he didn't have a huge role in that movie, but I just seeing that poster just was a core memory unlock for me. He even showed up in Fallout, a post-nuclear role-playing game. Yeah, the first one. Yep. Yeah, as Cabot. 
That's the that was like the like the first one on on PC or whatever. Yeah, he was Mr. Moore in Smallville. That was the yeah. first one ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I tried playing that game. I fucking couldn't. <laughs> it was just so weird, and they they don't really tell you what to do. Yeah, it's. I mean, I generally like those like those grid turn based games. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. Fire Emblem. Like I love those games, but it was just like. Just going back to how it looked and everything, like I played it for probably like a good hour. Or so. Yeah, same I, here. I have them all on Steam. I played it for like an hour, yeah. and then I was like, I don't, I don't think I like this. Um, and I did. I was able to find one more that I had seen earlier. Couldn't find it again, so I didn't want to mention it. But here it is. He was in Batman the Animated Series as Harvey Dent and the Bat Computer. That's fucking rad. I mean, yeah, he's he was just all over the place. In terms of voice acting, by the way, uh, fun fact. So in Night Court, his name was Bull Shannon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But his full the character Bull Shannon, yeah, Bull like B U L L. Oh, I thought he's like Bull, like no, no. But the character's full name was Aristotle Nostradamus Bull Shannon. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like when you find out that. Sean Michael's full name is Sean Michael Higginbottom. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Higginbottom? Hickenbottom. Hicken, that's right. It's Hickenbottom. That's a fucking cool name. Right? Like I, I, I would have like I like I would have yeah. enjoyed him just as much as Michael Hickenbottom. Like wrest I it's always the, like wrestlers that have like that have hidden their names have like the dumbest names like right. Wayne Johnson. Right. Or uh, I guess Triple H's real name isn't that stupid. Paul Levesque. Levesque. Is it Levesque? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, um, granted, when I was a kid, I thought his actual name was Hunter Hearst. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, funny, funny story. I, I wonder if Richard Mull was a was a Mormon because he his first film was titled Brigham and he played Joseph Smith. What the hell? Well, so I don't think is that, or is that just something like not at all? It's probably just something. Yeah, a, that he an American, a biopic of American religious figure Brigham Young. Well, but see, the reason I wonder that is because like that's usually something. If it if well, it was made by what I was going to say, people is, in the church, they would have picked people who are in the church generally. Well, if it was made him. by the people in the church, but then again, you've got but, but um, you've got what is it under the banner of heaven, which Andrew Garfield is in? Yeah. And that's about like the Mormon Church and right, but t- like kind of, but not really. Yeah, it's not like a Mormon Church movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a like fuck these weirdos. Yeah, which is fine. Um, oh, actually, you know what? It says this: the film, the Brigham film, was not commissioned or funded by the church. Oh, but produced independently by some church person, by a member of the church. Hmm. Some church person. <laughs> some some church person some um, church guy yeah by some random member of the mormon church but that's crazy but yeah no so i mean i guess that could go either way then maybe he was maybe he wasn't rest in peace but yeah to a, a sleeper legend for me oh yeah so for me i mean when i when i saw that he died i was like oh damn bull from night court died and i i had no idea yeah. No idea he was in any of this I other had, stuff. I had no idea who he was. Like, <laughs> you were like, who? Yeah, exactly. And so I like I looked up his IMDb and then it just was like, oh, he was 
in Batman, he was. It's like now I remember him mm-hmm. without actually oh, yeah. knowing who he was. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So rest in peace to Richard Mont. Another death that we have to report is that of Matthew Perry. Yep. Wild. He was only fifty-four, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, fifty-four died of an apparent drowning. Uh, most people know him best as Chandler from Friends, but. He was in a bunch of other things. He was in Fool's Rush In, The Whole Nine Yards. Yeah, he was in Fool's Rush In, The Whole Nine Yards. A little nerdy trivia, he was Benny in Fallout New Vegas. Yes, he was. I remember when I found that out, I was, um, for lack of a better word, I was flabbergasted. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Because it's just like, and it was just kind of a random, but like, random but well-known pick for that game because... There weren't really, there wasn't anybody else that was like of notable name that was like a big voicing well in the game. Gotcha. Right. And then it's just like, oh, and by the way, Matthew Perry is <laughs> like, what, dude? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, that was wild. And he, he didn't, he doesn't really do any other like, like voiceover type work. Like he was a guest on the, I don't know if he was a guest or he was a character on The Simpsons, but he was uh, on The Simpsons. And then Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, I mean, he certainly wouldn't have been a regular. No, uh uh-uh. But then that was it. Like, everything else is all just, you know... Live action. Live action stuff. He was in the West Wing, uh, Whole Nine Yards in the sequel, like I said, Scrubs. Right. Um, Numb. The last movie that he did, or at least what it says on his IMDb, is The Kennedys After Camelot. So I, I remember reading an article, um, Bruce Willis, like lost a bet with Matthew Perry from the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. So that's why. So then that's why he had to be on friends for like that. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's right. In working on that. <laughs> Which was like great. Right. Like, when Ross is like hiding from him when they both <laughs> go up to the cabin. Like I, I love that whole little arc that they did there. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and watch some Friends. Like, it's a big hit for me. Me and my sister, that was one of our, like, bonding TV shows. Right. Was watching Friends together, and, you know, so. I know that a lot of people love to say that, like, Friends isn't funny or whatever, but it's like, I mean, if you don't think it's funny, that's fine, but, like, there cannot be a moment yeah. in that 10-season show where you didn't, like, laugh at least once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Like, the the premise of the show is preposterous. Like, a bunch of people who barely work (laughs) in an expensive-ass apartment in New York City. Well, Monica inherited it from her grandmother. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's a little little fucking And that includes rent for life, apparently. Right? For real. (laughs) Um, But, like, you know what? Like, it's... It's to me. It's just like anything. Suspend your disbelief and and just fucking relax and have fun. And it's it's fine. Like, yeah. and I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine. But it's a little. It's weird to go out of your way to hate on it. To like, just go out of your way to tell yeah. someone who's a fan of the show, hey, like, the thing you love sucks. Right. Like, calm down. It's it's fine. <laughs> like, it's, chill the fuck out. You don't like. Friends haters are are like vegans of of, of, of sitcoms. Like 
they they gotta tell you all about how and much then, they hate. Friends. You know Seinfeld's funnier. Like <laughs> they'll it, try they'll try and get you to to watch other stuff. Right, that would be funnier for you. Like oh well, this show's much better. Have you watched this? I'm like shut up. Like yeah, I've watched that. I enjoy them both. Fuck off. Shut up. It's, it's right. Fucking, I don't care that Seinfeld's funnier. It can be funnier. That's okay. Yeah yeah. Like be funnier. Do the thing. Be your just go live your fucking life. Right? Leave me alone. But, yeah, no, I mean it, it. It was great in its own right. It was a. It was a fun show. It was like it was. I really. I really. It. It's one of my favorite shows. Like I'll yeah. watch you know over and over again. One or my, if it's on TV. One of my favorite. Um, oh my god! It's the one where, which is funny because I'm inadvertently like calling the episode by the exact name because mm-hmm. <laughs> all the episodes start with the one where. Oh yeah. Joey does this or whatever. But um, Ross is getting his award or whatever, and he's like, he's freaking out because like nobody's getting ready, so he's like right. trying to speed everybody along. They're getting ready and friends. Joey's sitting on the nice comfy chair, but uh, or Chandler was sitting on it, and Joey took it, and they're going through this whole like, oh, you didn't, you didn't save it, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ross is like, Chandler, go get ready, and he's like, fine. And he picks up the cushions and walks out. And looks at him and goes, what are you doing? The cushions are the essence of the chair. And Chandler goes, that's right. I'm taking the essence. <laughs> he well, was he was definitely my favorite. Oh, hands down. And it too. was so like that, that thing that's been getting shared of Joey looking at the other empty chair. Oh, my God. Is so that, heart-wrenching. So yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. But R- yeah. Rest in peace to Chenandler Bong. R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> Chandler Bing. Um, so for, for those interested, Mystery Science Theater it has put out a brand new Kickstarter for the 14th season. Um, if you remember, what was it, a year ago? Mm-hmm. A little over? Mm-hmm. Maybe a year and a half ago? We, uh, we also got a Kickstarter for season 13, which built the Gizmoplex, uh, their, their app for you know, housing everything all in one spot. And um, so now, yeah, we're getting a 14th season Kickstarter. Um, it's not actually on Kickstarter, though. It's on uh, it's something called Showmaker. So it's showmaker.mst3k.com. Um, anyway, it had been up for like, I think, less than 24 hours, and it was already over a million dollars. Hell yeah. So um, they're doing it a little bit different this time. Instead of having physical rewards tied to the tier you go in on the tier you go in on is completely unrelated to physical rewards. It's basically like, uh, the digital rewards as well as, you know, each tier gives you X amount of, uh, membership time to the gizmo plex and stuff like that. Okay. So the physical rewards, so like the, the regular tiers, I think go up to like, Almost a hundred bucks. Oh, damn. You know, and then you've got these physical add-ons, if you will, um, where you can add on a beanie, uh, a shirt, um, you know, stuff like that. So it's completely customizable. Yeah. Like it's really, really, really nice. That's pretty cool. Um, and part of the reason for that is because of the, all the troubles they had with the last Kickstarter rewards, the physical rewards for it. Um, they've actually, due to that, they've actually uh, not 
move forward with the company who did their physical rewards last time. Oh, okay. Um, because I literally just got my physical rewards like less, like about a month ago, less, yeah. about less than a month ago. I remember you, I remember when you put it in the chat that you finally got it. And I was like, yeah. Oh, you didn't have that already? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and granted, part of it wasn't the, the shipping company slash, uh, physical reward fulfillment center, I guess, if you want to call it that. Right. It, part of that wasn't their fault. Part of it was COVID, supply chain, et cetera, et right, cetera. Right, right, right. I mean, there were so many delays due to just that. But on top of it, um, there was just, I think what happened primarily was there was that there was a lot of miscommunication between them and the people running Mystery Science Theater. Um, and so they they went with a different company for their physical rewards this time. Um, and I mean, the nice thing though, cause I know a lot of people were, were really upset and, and, and chomping at the bit, uh, on this last one, which I totally understand. I mean, I was chomping at the bit too, but they kept us in the loop as best as they could every step of the way. That's so cool. it was really, really nice. Every time they sent out an update, they would be like, Hey, here's what we know. Here's what we don't. We're working on it. Sorry. We know you've been massively patient. Please continue to be patient with us. We're doing the best we can. And so it, it, they didn't just leave us in the dark, which was really cool. That's, that's cool. Um, so I don't understand why some people are so like up. And I, I feel like they're a little bit unreasonably upset. Like I get being upset to a point, but like there are people who are like, I'm never going to, you know, put in for your guys shit ever again because blah, blah, blah. And, and I feel like that's a little over the top. Yeah, it sucked that it took so long to get the rewards, but I still got them, didn't I? Right. It's not like food that expired. It's not like you, you didn't know? get it, you yeah. know, at all. Yeah. Right. So and, and I was so happy with everything that I got. Like it was all very high quality, very well done. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we've got, we've got a new Kickstarter for Mystery Science Theater. Please put in. And uh, how much money have you given them so far? Which one? Already. The new one. Oh, the new one? About the same as what I gave last time. <laughs> so like 350 to 375 Christ alive. <laughs> well, okay, so because I did, I did the highest um, tier, which like I said is like 85, 90 bucks, something like that, whatever it was. And then... I mean, I'm not gonna not get all of the, all of the physical right. rewards. You're not gonna not do it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I added all of the physical rewards onto it. You're course. not gonna not get Randy Jackson's autograph. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have Randy Jackson's autograph on a samurai suit? <laughs> saw Randy Jackson, and this was all I had on. Me. You're not gonna not get Randy Jackson's <laughs> autograph. Um. My little piece of news isn't really anything that is really pertaining to any of us, but it's just the fact that it looks like they have um, gone 100% CGI with the dwarves in the new Snow White movie now. Really? And it's delayed until 2025, I think. Oh, I just saw a trailer for a Disney movie called Wish, and I'd never seen it before. Hmm. Yeah, and it I, I don't I couldn't tell you what the premise was because I was at work and it was just like kinda like I was just kind of scrolling by and but I was like, huh. 
Interesting. I was like, am I that am I at that level of old person where right. like I don't know what new Disney movies and shit are coming out now? Well, I mean, it's, and it's crazy too because I mean, yeah, the writer strike is causing things to be delayed, right? But like, it seems <clears throat> like there are a ton of things that are getting delayed for reasons beyond any of that, like Daredevil, right? Right. Where they they got delayed. They're basically going to back to scratch, back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, IGN posted a little picture. You got your first look at the CGI dwarves, which like it's fine. Like I'm not gonna go see this movie either way because I just don't care. Right, right. right. Like I haven't Here, seen wait, any of the like. I haven't seen any of the like live action movies. Like I saw Aladdin, and I was like, no, thank you. Like, are they? Is that? It looks like they're making her a drawing or like an art as well. Like it's not. This might not be an actual yeah, like maybe picture, not. but yeah, because it kind of yeah, he, it does kind of look like she's she's drawn in right a bit, but yeah, kind of, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I that's what I would hope is that they make them look right this similar to each other. I hope she doesn't look real and they look CGI. They should have just put Peter Dinklage's face on all of them. Exactly. He yeah. would have. He would have acted every single one. Totally. So, Let's see. This says it was as of Friday, which was yesterday. So, well, the article says yesterday. At the time of this recording, it was a couple days ago. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody's told Hollywood, but there are more little people than, than just Peter Dinklage. Oh yeah, dude. If you get, there are, if you, there are. If you, I thought they were all dead by now. If you make a Snow White movie and you include like Brad Williams and Peter Dinklage, like I'll go see it. Right, right. dude. Brad Williams is fucking hilarious. What's what's Minimi's name? Put him in there too. Oh, he's, he's dead. He's dead. Troy, he di- uh, oh yeah, he did die. Huh? We got AI. It's fine. Yeah, we got AI. <laughs> yeah, let's just. We're getting a new Beatles song with AI. I mean, we're getting that before we get GTA Six. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Got a new Beatles song before GTA 6. That's wild. Um, it says here they they debuted the image along with the news of its delay on Friday, being pushed back almost exactly a year to March 21st, 2025. Huh. We also get the first look, uh, barring leaked set images of Rachel Ziegler as the eponymous princess, along with, you know, the seven dwarves. Right. Um, not pictured is Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot, who's also starring in the movie as the Evil Queen. I don't think I knew that. You know what? That I would. That I'm down for that. that That's news that, to me. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I might actually do. Th- I yeah. might actually see that. I'll watch anything she. Um, right. And She's then so damn beautiful. <laughs> I did find one other quick, um, funny piece of news here. Um, Skull and Bones is delayed again. Again? Again. Fuck my life. Yeah. That's never going to come out. One of the people, one of the questions on Google is, is Skull and Bones ever coming out? (laughs) (laughs) But it's still slated to release before the end of 2024. Jesus. It's like, I don't think anybody has any interest in this game anymore. Yeah. I never never mm, did to begin with. Same. Like, all that much. But because it's like, we've already got... Sea of Thieves, like, right? Why do we need another pirate game? Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. It it better be good. It better be good, and it better be running fluck flucking, flucking flawlessly. It better be running flux capacitor, right? That's exactly what I was trying to say. It better run fucking flawlessly. B 
because that this this much of a delay shouldn't shouldn't be no. a thing. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, everything getting delayed out here. Yep. All right. Well, before we get into the next topic, if you're listening on YouTube, please don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, hit that little bell icon. We want to get into as many nerdy ears as possible, and that's how you do that. We have merch, redbubble.com forward slash podcast. Get our logos and stuffs and sayings and things on all kinds of stuffs and things. So I uh, I just recently went and bought some of our own shit. I, I finally got one of our NWO NCP shirts, which is dope. It's sick as fuck. Hell yeah. Um, I'm a little perturbed that I'm not the only one that has one now. <laughs> But it's you fine. Are, I don't have one. Like, I don't have I, one either. I saw. No, the only one that has one. Oh, right, right, right. Like the only one of the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, gotcha. But it's fine. It's I was, was going to say, I, I've seen other fans with it on. <laughs> it's cool that mine's on movie quality. <laughs> um, it's cool that. It, what's the other. Uh, not Redbubble, but what were you. Oh. Teespring. It's cool that mine's not Redbubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that my, oh, yeah, right. Because you get yours on. That's right. Um, I did also get one of the Keep It Nerdy stickers, which we didn't have before we moved to Redbubble, right? Uh, like that's no. a new one. Yeah, that's a new one. Um, I haven't even looked at what we've it's got. It's great, dude. I love it. I can't wait to put that and, you know, Eddie Lyons, Eddie Lyons sticker on my car when I fucking clean it for once. <laughs> that's the only reason your face isn't on my car is because I haven't cleaned it. God damn it. You son of a bitch. I've got, I've got stickers on my car that are like peeling off that I just need to like take a razor blade to yeah. and just get rid of them. Yeah, no, I definitely want that NWO as a sticker. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like dude. a white vinyl sticker. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that going to be rad. We have partnered with Dubby, the uh, gamer's energy drink. Go ahead and check out what they have in stock and use our code NerdCorp to get 10% off at the at, 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 at checkout. Dubby.gg. And I and I do I I really do like enjoy the shit out of it like the 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 sludge sludge bomb or some shit like that oh, yeah, it's yeah. called that one's a really well, that good that sounds one. healthy it's super yummy though <laughs> and favorite. it's cool because there are no like colors like you just like it's just like a white powder oh okay that's flavored yeah, yeah. and that's pretty fucking dope my hmm. favorite one's the I want to say galaxy grenade or something like that yeah the it's cherry like, one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so fucking good. that one I, I am down with cherry yeah so always down with cherry it's it, it's pretty good it's yummy it, it honestly like i we, when we got this like when we started getting rolling in podcasting and shit and doing shit like that like we were always like very adamant about like not being those dudes in the middle of the ads where we're like, yeah, Tish Handley is hand is is doing our thing. You know, this is my morning skin routine. <laughs> you know, like we don't like talk up sponsors or whatever. I rub the powder into my pores. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking in my gum before I put my denture on. Have you ever just not wanted to cook? Well, have I got news for you? Hello, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> special. Yeah, yeah. Like we we never want to be those people. Um, but W does the thing. Like it really does the thing. It, it, it keeps you level. It doesn't jitter you up or anything. Well, like yeah. That. And I mean, we wouldn't really partner with something that we weren't down with, you know, cause we're not going to shill a, a product that we don't, we're right. not cool with. Right. Like if I'm not going to use it, like I'm not going to tell you that I use it just to get paid. Right. So hit up W, use NerdCorp, get 10% off. 
If you'd love us and want to support what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash nerdcourtpodcast. Several tiers of loot to have access to from stickers and shirts to extra content and bonus episodes. If you can't make a monthly contribution, consider supporting us on PayPal, paypal.me forward slash nerdcourtpodcast. We want to have the best loot, give you the best giveaways, and give you the best nerdy experience, and that is the best way to do that. So, the Rocky Horror Fucking Picture Show. Um, I'd like to I'd like to start out reading this little synopsis. It might as well have been called that because yeah. good lord. All right, I, I want to read this little synopsis because it's it's about as benign of a synopsis as you could muster. But it's still it's just the premise is fucking wild. Like so and and I just I pulled this I don't even know where I got this from. I it's just in the the results for Google. In this cult classic, Sweetheart's Brad and Janet Struck, uh, stuck with a flat tire during a storm. Janet. <laughs> discover the eerie mansion of Dr. Frankenfurter, a transvestite scientist. As their innocence is lost, Brad and Janet meet a house full of wild characters, including a rocking biker and a creepy butler. Through elaborate dances and rock songs, Frankenfurter unveils his latest creation, a muscular man named Rocky. Like, even just that, like, as straightforward as that is it's just like fucking what yeah like oh okay <laughs> okay like honestly if, if if this movie isn't like really shown to you or if you don't like happen upon it yourself like right. you really can't like explain what the rocky horror picture oh, yeah. show is like you really have to experience it and it's a fucking experience if anything else absolutely uh, and of course, if you can, one of the best ways to experience it is at a local theater, right? Uh, where they do it every Halloween they just season. Did that last night? Oh, did you? No, they did. Oh, they like, did. Because oh. I was I was at work and a guy came in. Yeah. And he was like, "I got to go do the midnight screening of Rocky Horror." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm Misty, and I are going to it on Halloween night. Very uh, cool. Which is Tuesday, so I mean, I've, that's they do three showings of it. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, no, like it's it's great because like you can just get tickets to go see it, or you can get tickets to see it and tickets that that give you like a uh, a theater pack sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Which because everybody there's there's if you don't know there's a huge audience participation side to going and seeing this live. Right. Um. You throw shit at at the screen at each other. Uh, you squirt each other with, with little squirt guns. Um, you throw rice all over the place. Like it's, it's a, such a fun interactive experience. Um, so if you, whether or not you even like the movie, if you just want to see that side of it, it's a fucking blast. Agreed. But anyway, so yeah, we're going to go see that on, on Halloween night. Cause that's, you know, even though it's Tuesday, I'm, I'm, I really, I love seeing it on Halloween night. It's, it's just it, kind of the tradition. Yeah, it's worth the lack of sleep. Yeah. You don't uh, fuck with tradition. Right? <laughs> and it, it's only like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it, and fun little bit of trivia, the guy who plays Riff Raff, right. who is the assistant to Dr. Frankenfurter, is the guy who wrote the, the script, wrote, like, cause it, it also, it was a, a Broadway show before it became a movie. Right. And he wrote that. He wrote the songs. Like this is his baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I forget what his name is. Richard O'Brien. Yeah. That's right. Um, so we'll start off with the cast. Of course, uh, Tim Curry is 
Dr. Frankenfurter. Yes. A scientist. The fucking goat. This was his first fucking movie. Was it? This was his introduction to fucking cinema. What an introduction. Like, what a way to knock it out of the park right? first go. Uh, Susan Sarandon is Janet Weiss, a heroine. Bro, fucking smoke show in that movie. Oh, Susan, like, my yeah. God. That's where I was like, that's where I... I I was like, oh, oh, Susan Sarandon is that yeah. is that woman? Susan Sarandon, Janet Weiss can get it any day of the and week. She does. <laughs> she <multiple> does. Times. <laughs> yes. Barry Bostwick, who does the intro in this episode, big shout outs to him as Brad Majors, a hero. If you are not familiar with this movie, but have watched um, the phenomenal sitcom Spin City, he's the. Uh, kind of the dumb mayor on that show. And right, he's, right. He's one of the best characters on that show. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Richard O'Brien is Riff Raff, a handyman. Patricia Quinn as Magenta, a domestic. Nell Campbell as Columbia, a groupie. Jonathan Adams as Dr. Everett V. Scott, a rival scientist. Peter Hinwood as Rocky Horror, a creation. Meatloaf, ex-delivery boy. As Meatloaf. Charles Gray is the criminologist and expert. Jerry Newson is Ralph Hapshat. Hilary Farr is Betty Monroe. Pierre Bed- Bedinis or Bedines, I'm not sure. Christopher Biggins, Gay Brown, Ishak Bucks, Stephen Calcutt, Hugh Cecil, Imogen Clare, Tony Cowan, Sadie Kaur, Fran Fallenwider. <laughs> what are these names, dude? <laughs> Lindsay Ingram, Pe- Peggy Ledger, Annabelle Leventon, Anthony Miller, Pamela Obermeyer, Tony Ten, Kimmy Wong, and Henry Wolf as the Transylvanians. And and the only reason why I have them on here or I say them is because the Transylvanians are just as much a part of the movie. Yeah. Like the extras really help the move the movie along or make the movie a part of what and it is. And how can you have the time warp without all the Transylvanians? Right, exactly. Like it, it really, like everybody that was involved in this movie was for me a pivotal part of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like, of course there were bigger roles than everybody else played but like everybody in this movie without them is not the rocky horror picture show for me who who was your favorite character yell susan strandon just because <laughs> she was she damn was, i uh you're right damn it janet like yeah <laughs> oh yeah um i i've always had an affinity for Riff Raff. Like Riff Raff has been like, he was, yeah. he was always one of my favorites just cause he had that whole, um, it reminds me of, of like, I can't remember the name, but the, the guy was like, in the boss. Oh, Igor. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So for me, I, I would have to say it's Dr. Frankenfurter just because. Right. He like, he's, he's really actually a, a tragic character he is i mean he's granted i mean he is a product of his time so there's not a lot going on in the way of consent and things like that right but i mean he you know at his core he's just a guy out there trying to live his life have fun do what feels good and feels right and natural for him Mm -hmm. and not only are humans 
fully and completely against him and wanting to, you know, fuck him up for it. So are his own Transylvanians. Right. Like Riff Raff uh, is, is so like, I mean, it's, it's crazy that like he's so out of place with not just humans, but his own people. Right. That they rebel against him. And, mm-hmm. and that's just so sad to me. No, it is. It is. And, and like throughout all of it, the, the main thing he's only ever wanted was validation. Yeah. He just wants to hang out and play and have a good time and, and, and do what feels good and, and be loved for yeah, it, you know? Yeah. And be understood. Right. And they, there's like, yeah, but no. Right. The one thing that I was trying to under, like, yeah, I watched the show last night and I was just kind of like, like for what it was, it was, it was a decent movie. Like, but I just like every time they started singing, I was just like, okay. <laughs> Cause I don't know if it's because I like really enjoy like a good, like spoken dialogue. Right. But I don't know, like if this was just, I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad movie, but like if this was like a, just like a movie. Like without the singing. It would have been, in my opinion, it probably would have been just as good. Not saying that the singing is iconic, but the thing that I was trying to understand though is like, what was the point of having the wedding in the beginning I mean, I think it was really just so that, you know, it was a nice lead in to Brad and Janet getting engaged. Okay. Because they're attending the wedding. They're not the ones getting married. Right. But so why is why is Tim Curry like not dressed up like? Oh, he's a separate character. So he he's the minister. Oh my yeah. god! Okay, so he was. Doing, well, and was, did you did you notice that Riff Raff and Magenta uh, Magenta? Yeah, were they both were there as well. They were the. Uh, the, kind of usher, the, I guess. The classic, uh, the go- American Gothic. Yeah, yeah. People. I, I picked yeah. up on that, which I thought was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just Tim Curry playing a completely different. Okay, character. okay. Because right. at first I was just like, wait. Yeah, that should make. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> where where is that like? Yeah, it's like it's. I, and I don't know if it's as if like they were undercover or if it was more of like a Monty Python thing where they just are multiple characters for no reason. I think whatsoever. it, I think it's, it's a Monty Python. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, cause I was at first, I thought it was like an undercover thing because like Tim Curry's face is just like, just Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> he's not doing anything. And then right. like, you don't see him until he comes back as Frankenfurter. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's, he's just a different character. He's just playing a different character. I can see why that's confusing. That though. makes more sense now. I can see why that's confusing. And yeah, no, like Nick, you don't you don't vibe on musicals anyway, right? So I mean I've tr- I've tried to watch them. It's just like I don't know what it is about like the the singing. I don't I don't know. Like I've tried to watch um, Does it just sort of like take you out of what's going on? Kind of. You're like what yeah. is hap- this is not what life is. Yeah. Nobody does this. <laughs> um like I've tried to watch multiple like repo genetic opera, like mm. cool premise, but mm. like I don't know what it is about the singing. Like I just yeah, yeah. it's just not for me. Yeah, that's right. that's totally cool. I'm I like I'm happy that you even watched it to begin with. So like that that I mean you, you don't have to like it, yeah. but I'm glad you watched it. You know. Do you like and, and Nick, you said that you had watched it once before. 
I don't we, I don't remember. You don't remember? When, okay. But there's just bits and pieces of it that I when right. I was watching it last night, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess this is more of a question for you, Eddie. Um, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember. I was a teenager. Like yeah. I was well into my teens when when I saw this movie. I actually. <laughs> I actually saw it to impress a girl <laughs> like because I like I wasn't really into musicals back then. I didn't mind right. them very much. And the only time I ever really saw any music happening was like in Disney movies. Sure. So it felt like just appropriate for them to be doing Dude, that. That's why I, that's the only reason why I've seen like all the Twilight movies. Like... <laughs> right. To impress it was to impress a lady. Um, but yeah, I remember being like being super intrigued, but also being uncomfortable at the same time. Right. Because, well, coming, coming from a Latin family, like the culture is just kind of very, you know, it, it, it's, it's borderline homophobic, you know, well, yeah, and sometimes I mean, and there's it's a lot outright, of like, you know, you gotta be a macho man, like, right, right. Exactly. So it's like, I was, I was still living in that, right. that era of thinking. So I remember seeing the movie and being like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That it's like, <laughs> That dude's like in full drag, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I was like, oh shit, you know, and and he just wearing panties. Like, what in the fuck? Oh shit, he's in his bed too. What the hell? <laughs> like, like I remember this movie blowing my fucking mind, dude. Yeah, but I I loved it. Like I did. I I enjoyed it. Like regardless, and like I was talking, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and I'm like. This movie came out in like the seventies, right. right? Like what gay agenda? You mm. know what I mean? Like where, where was, where's the outrage back then? Or where's yeah. the outrage during the entire life of this movie mm -hmm. where we're inserting gay agendas into things? You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I, yeah, I was, I think it was about like 16, 17 when I first saw this movie. Yeah. See, that's, that's about when I saw it too. And, and the first time I saw it is like fucking seared into my memory. Like, cause it was just such a, I mean, it was, it was nothing I had ever seen before. Exactly. And, and looking back on it, cause you know, I grew up in a little Mormon town, right? Right. And, and this is not the kind of shit you ever got exposed to. Um, like even if you weren't Mormon, this is not really the type of stuff that you were exposed to often. Exactly. Um, just because of the, the, the culture pervading all of local society. But, um, I, I, it was in high school. I had a friend, um, who, I mean, I was pretty into her and I didn't watch it to impress her, but you know, she was like, yeah, we're, we're going to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween. You want to come over? And I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it, and it sounds like, you know, a, like yeah. a cool horror movie. Yeah. You know? I was like, fucking sure, man. What, I've, I've never heard of such a thing. Let's do if it. I, if I watch it, will you touch it? I know, right? <laughs> will you touch my Rocky Horror? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Will you touch my Frankenfurter? Right. So I went over and watched it and, and I, it was just, it was so fucking wild. And like, I mean, I was kind of a wild kid anyway, you know, so I'm sure that's why she felt comfortable even asking me over to watch it with, you know, this group of people. But, um, you know, like looking back on it and, 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 and it didn't really hit me as such then, of course, but looking back on it with hindsight, age, you know, maturity, wisdom, whatever you want to say. I think that 
I I came away from that movie going, okay, so like there 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 are more people that are like that because like you know, right internally like while I'm not you know a cross dresser or uh, you know things like that like I'm I'm very open with things like that and, right exactly and I love those people and I love you know that's that sort of openness and experimentation with things and 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 i think that was like the first time that i was like oh holy shit like like you can do that and there are people that are accepting of you and of that exactly and, and just being themselves and having a good time and not having judgment yeah like the especially the idea where especially in the scene where um after frankenfurter like gets it on with uh, Janet and then goes to Brad's room and it's like, oh, instead of going like, oh, dude, that's super gay. Like, it's just right. like, oh, like, yeah. he's into it. Yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. Right, right. I think it's great that that ideology doesn't really exist anymore where it's just like, oh, dude. This is so against the norm. Gay. Like, oh, it's gay. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah, if they're, if they're both comfortable with it, then yeah. fucking... What's what's the issue? Right, like, exactly. I, I I feel the exact same way. I mean, and I feel like that movie, along with just a bunch of other events that happened around that time, is what made me feel like, yeah, I can, I can. These are people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That makes me feel like, you know, like I'm not alone. They do exist. I just have to find them. I just have right. to find my people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so happy that I'm not the only alien from Transylvania. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only hedonistic alien <laughs> from from transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Right, right. No, it 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 did like open my eyes and like you know helped me to not just understand but but you know accept people right. because growing up in in the way that i grew up it was always like gay bad mm-hmm. you know even even you know my father was just like you know hey if i find up having gay sons i don't have gay sons yeah. you know what i mean so it's well yeah i mean same thing like you know with me like i guess it wasn't as much of a uh you know, heritage cultural thing as much as it was a religious thing, which I guess sort of bleeds into all of that. Right. But like, I mean, my mom one time rented the VHS cassette of Birdcage. Oh no. Yeah. And you know, we (coughs) weren't, we weren't five minutes into the movie when my dad comes in, watches like 30 seconds of it and goes, what is this crap? Turn it off. Take it back to the movie store. Like we're not you, you. How how could you be watching this with the kids? You're gonna turn them gay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like that's that's the environment that we grew up in. Oh and, yeah, and, and and I grew up in the same one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, don't watch that gay shit, or you'll be gay too. You exactly. Know? Like which, first of all, that doesn't make any sense because if that were the case, gay people wouldn't exist because. They wouldn't want all to. they see is heterosexual relationships in movies. Right. Exactly. So if it works you're, one way, it would work the other. You're not going to watch something <laughs> as a heterosexual and be like, hmm, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm going to try that. Like, Dude, if that were the case, Tu Wong Fu would have been it for me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 like, like, 
But yeah, no, gay people wouldn't even exist because all they see is, is heterosexual relationships. So if watching a movie with a certain kind of relationship will turn you into that relationship, gay people wouldn't exist. Exactly. But anyway, so like, yeah, no, like, so that movie, like watching that movie was sort of like a gateway into not only realizing that there are other people like that, but also being comfortable with or becoming comfortable with who I am as a person and the fact that I don't internally, like I don't adhere to these strict, rigid, moral cages of like, oh, well, you know, if you do this, bad. If you do this, bad. You No premarital sex. You don't even think about sex. Right. Don't you even, ooh, if you touch yourself, you know, like. Boy. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, that was, that was just a huge, huge thing in sort of like wh wherever you are at on the sexual spectrum, coming to terms with being comfortable with yourself. Right, right. Exactly. exactly kind of brings it back to the scene I was talking about where um, Frankenfurter um, does like, and it's like verbatim what he said to Janet too, like in her bed. Mm -hmm. And then like, then towards the end when Brad sees her pop out with Rocky and he's just like, Ugh! but then by the end of the movie, like they're all just like doing the same thing. Like, like they're all, they're all accepting it. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And right before, which the, which the is professor? So, which oh god, I love <laughs> the professor is probably one of my like dark horse favorite characters. Yeah, oh yeah, like, goddamn. But like, but yeah, and, and you know this kind of <laughs> this kind of goes back to the consent or lack of consent thing, you know, just with Frank and Furter going to each of their beds. But then it's hilarious because uh, Janet doesn't hook up with Rocky until she views on the monitor yeah. <laughs> that Brad is sitting there smoking a cigarette after, you know, getting it on with Frankenfurter. And she's like, you fucking son of a bitch. You're like, how could you? You bastard, how could you? And like, that, and, that, but you just did it too. Right, that's exactly you, you, what I said out loud. <laughs> that scene is so funny because it's just like, it's your typical, like, after sex, like, leaning over yeah. the bed, just like having a cigarette and Frankenfurter's just laying there. Yep. Like, um, th there were There were a few parts in the movie where I was just like, just... Just do the thing, like when they're walking up to the mansion and they just stop and just like are singing at each other. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's pouring rain. Just go inside. Like, just go. Just go. Don't stop singing about the light in the darkness. Just go in. <laughs> yeah. What dude. are you doing? <laughs> dude, one of my favorite parts of the movie is, is that part where they walk in, where they're like at the door and they're just like, they're like, it's raining. And he, and, and Riff Ruff's like, yeah. <laughs> I I remember after watching the movie, that's how I would respond to things. <laughs> like, hey, you want some of this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you're wet. <laughs> you're wet. Yes. Um, bring that up. With, do, use that voice with, with the lady next time. Right, right. You're wet. You're wet. You're wet. You know, do wibbly, you wobbly. <laughs> Why me? Why me? Did you ever have that that Ben app with the dog where like you ask it a question and it's like yeah? No. <laughs> it's it's this app that like you can talk to it and be like, hey, it's this dog that's just reading a newspaper and you're like, hey Ben, am I gonna do this tomorrow? And he'll just either answer yes or no, but it's always right. just like yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's get into a little bit of trivia. Uh, shout out to IMDb for all the trivia that we read off and 
find out about our favorite things. Uh, the first one says, in an interview with Terry Gross on her radio program, Fresh Air, Tim Curry said that he got to meet King Charles III and Princess Diana because she loved Curry in this movie. She requested the meeting while he was in a production of Love for Love that they attended. Curry recalled that he was placed at the end of the receiving line, and while Prince Charles only vaguely recognized Curry from seeing him, quote, on television, Princess Diana told Curry with a, quote, wicked smile that Rocky Horror had, quote, quite completed my education. Oh, damn. <laughs> Princess Diana said that? Yeah. Go, That's hilarious. Go, Princess Die. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you, no wonder, girl. No wonder the queen had a kill. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, the theatrical movie debut of Tim Curry, Dr. Frank what, and Friend. What did you say? I said th the theatrical movie debut. Oh, it sounded like you just said the theatrical. <laughs> no, the theatrical. The theatrical movie debut. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it was when he was in the theater. The it's, theatrical. It's, it's, when, it's, it's, it's when he got the movie first. The first time he did a good movie on something. <laughs> Uh, when this movie first opened, it had a traditional release with afternoon and early evening screenings. It bombed. Yeah. yeah. Meatloaf said that he attended an opening week performance with writer and director Jim Sharman in the Midwest, and the theater was empty except for them. Midnight screamings. Screamings. <laughs> well, that's, that's what happens when Tim Curry visits your bed. Yeah. That's the title of my next romance novel. Midnight Screamings, uh, title of your sex tape. Right? Oh. Uh, midnight Screenings became popular in the mid-1970s, and word of mouth began to spread that the midnight audience might enjoy this movie. It began showing at midnight in a few cities and became so popular that it had it had it has been shown continuously in movie theaters since 1975, making it the longest theatrical run in history. The Museum Lichtspieler Cinema in Munich, Germany, has screened the movie every week since June 24th, 1977. Nice. Offering special Rocky Horror Picture Show kits to yep. enable uh, celebrations during the show. The kits contain uh, a biscuit for the toast, rice, a whistle, a candle, for there is a light, and a sheet of paper with instructions for the time warp. And that was what you were talking about. Uh, yeah. Derek. And, and I think that regionally people do different things. Like, like right. I said, here they do squirt guns and there's a, a newspaper uh, things for you to put over your head during the rain. Right. Um, Which you know, a couple is different the things. dumbest <laughs> I know, form right? of shelter like, you oh, could here, possibly conjure. Let me put this thing that's just going to soak and tear exactly. immediately over my head as protection yeah. from I was, getting I was, soaked. I was kind of being like a mild Neil deGrasse Tyson during this season. Like, <laughs> that's not going to protect you from the rain. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you know that um, Peter Henwood, who played Rocky, uh, he was only in four movies ever. Oh, really? And Rocky Horror Picture Show was his penultimate movie. That was his second to last movie. He was in The Odyssey in 1968, uh -huh. where he played Hermes. Um, he was in a movie in 1970 called Tam Lin, um, where he plays Guy. I don't know if it's a guy, like sort of an uncredited thing, or if it's a character named Guy. But Gee. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, then he, and then he played Rocky Horror in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then in 76, he was he played the Emperor's guest in a movie called Sebastian. 
And it's hilarious because IMDb doesn't even refer to him as an actor. It says, Peter Hinwood is an English antiques dealer and former actor. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive or is he dead? Uh, I mean, it says, no, no, he was born in 1946 and it's a, it doesn't have a, a date for mm. his death. Crazy. Dr. Everett V. Scott crashes through the wall for his entrance because the set builders forgot to put an extra door in the lab set. <laughs> that <laughs> so they whole, were like, that whole scene it. is funny where he's just getting dragged through like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious too because it's not even... Not that it could be a straight shot, but they literally go out of their way to make him do these random loops. He goes in and, a circle yeah, around the Magenta, uh, Magenta and, and Columbia. Yeah, and they're yeah. just like... yeah. Like, he, it's, he takes the scenic route, yeah. apparently. That's so And he's, crazy. like, going upstairs, even though he's not, like, hitting every stair. He's just going up at, like, yeah. a ramp. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the green... This was... I found this one really... Because I was looking at all this trivia, like, last night or whatever. Uh, but this here, the green surgical gown that Dr. Frankenfurter wears has a pink triangle over his heart. The triangle was used by the Nazis in concentration camps to denote that the wearer was a gay man, but oh, it is, wow. but it is pointing downward. The pink triangle pointing upward is often used as a symbol of gay pride. Hmm. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. Um, I think he was just a huge fan of Pink Floyd. <laughs> and, and by the way, personal, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for getting Barry Bostwick's Yes. Audio clip. Yeah, yeah, no. He's uh, it was really, really cool meeting him. He is a very nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. He that was that was so super cool. It was one of the first uh intro spots that we were able to, yeah. to get yeah. from a celebrity. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh so here's here's a piece of trivia about from Barry Bostwick, rather. So he was he said that filming took place from October through December in Bray near Windsor, England. And Barry Boswick said that they were... Two months? Yeah, yeah six weeks. Yeah. That's yep. it? This yeah. whole production took six weeks. God damn, yeah. dude. And he said that they were always wet during filming because the castle had a, a leak. And there was <laughs> one, quote-unquote, warm room. I mean, it was filled with space heaters <laughs> where the cast members took turns warming up until that room caught fire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> one thing that I noticed, like, and I don't know if it's just a little one-off thing but like when they when they first come into the castle when like riffraff finally invites him in like you can see breath coming out of barry bostwick as he's like breathing like, oh, oh that's yeah. crazy so it's like yeah maybe it was like freezing cold in there too crazy according to interviews patricia quinn only took the role in the play because she loved the opening song science fiction double feature she was upset it is a banger that is the whole fucking soundtrack oh, yeah. is a banger yeah. Uh, science fiction double feature. She, she was upset when she didn't get to sing this song in the movie, but agreed to lip sync the words as the pair of red lips in the beginning with oh. vocals by Richard O'Brien. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do you want to wait? Vocals want... by Richard, like he's no he's... the lyrics, like yeah, oh. lyrics. Does it say who's actually singing it? Oh wait, I think it's. It oh is... wait, no, I think it was him. Was it him? Yeah, that like that's his voice. Huh? What? I'm pretty sure that's him. In the beginning, yeah. the the red I'm lips. I'm pretty sure. Well, because he it's he's singing like he's looking he out can the sing window. Pretty high. Like, yeah, he's, he's yeah. So he's like singing, looking out the window at them as they're coming into the castle. Right. I remember that. That's crazy. I wonder if that is him. 
Most of the actors and actresses weren't told about the prop corpse of Eddie under the dining room tablecloth. <laughs> oh, shit. That is great. When it was revealed during filming, their looks of horror are genuine. That's amazing. The only three who knew were Tim Curry, Richard O'Brien, and Meatloaf, who had to model the corpse. That is so fucking great. Isn't that I fucking that. awesome? Do you want to hear another, uh, another bit from that same scene? Uh-huh. From that same scene with real reactions? So when Barry Bostwick pounds his fist on the table during the dinner scene, apparently he accidentally hit the hand of Susan Sarandon. So her reaction is prominent. Like, it's real. Oh, like, shit. her reaction to that. Because he literally pounded her hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, however, she later got her revenge on him. Suppose you know, accidentally. Mm-hmm. uh by stepping on Bostwick's foot with her spike heel during the floor show scene. <laughs> and you can see his reaction as well. So here's one. So in that scene where um, he's unveiling Rocky and he's turning on the water faucets or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it says that those weren't random. Each color was being rapidly shouted at him by someone off screen. So during the second close-up, a brief look of confusion can be seen on his face. Right, yeah, yeah. To find the right color. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Um, here, here's one that I really like because this is—I always find it interesting to hear about an actor's process of how they came to a character, okay, or, or a voice, or whatever. So Tim Curry told Fresh Air interviewer Terry Gross that in the original play. He started out playing Dr. Frankenfurter with a German accent, but he changed that when he heard a woman on a bus speaking in a highly exaggerated English accent that reminded Tim Curry of Queen Elizabeth II. He later combined that with elements of his mother's telephone voice to create Dr. Frankenfurter's speaking voice. That's crazy. Um, He also said that his mother is a pretty hip lady, enjoyed (laughs) the show, Although not as much as she had liked it when he appeared in uh, the Pirates of Penzance. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like that's, it's just always interesting to me, like to hear those sort of things that just like, well, this is how I was doing it. And then something clicked, you know, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. This one, uh, apparently, yeah, the set had no heat or bathrooms and, um, when Susan Sarandon told the studio heads, they said she was complaining too much, and she actually caught pneumonia after filming the p- the pool scene in her outfit. Oh wow! But according to Richard O'Brien, she was shaking with fever and should have been under medical supervision, but refused to stop working. That's nuts. Steve Martin auditioned for the role of Brad Majors. Wow, I could see that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know? So like, this is this is just. I mean, I maybe this is where how it is everywhere, but. At the screenings that I've been to, people fucking hate Brad Majors. Like, really? Whenever, oh, yeah. Whenever he's on screen, they talk shit. And, like, that's the thing, too. So much of the audience reaction, you know, or the audience participation stuff is sort of, you know, scripted or understood. Like, hey, this is what you do at this time. This is what you do at this time. Um, but there are so many people that I mean, the whole point is to make it fresh, you know, so right. people will shout different things at different times, come up with different funny jokes or responses to what a character just said and shout right. them out in the middle of the movie. It's so entertaining. But yeah, no people. Anytime oh. Barry Boswick comes on, they're like, Boo! like this it's one, so funny. this one's really cool. 
Um, Vincent Price was offered the role of the criminologist, but he oh. turned it down due to scheduling conflicts. But it said he saw the West End musical and loved it. Damn, oh, that, that would have been crazy. That would have been yeah. awesome. The filmmakers asked Susan Sarandon to perform fully nude during Touch a Touch a Touch Me, but she, but she flatly refused. Ugh, damn you, Susan. <laughs> even though she damn had, it, Janet. <laughs> even though she had appeared nude in many of her previous films, I don't know why that that last line doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, like, well, you did it before, so do yeah, it again. Yeah. Come yeah. on, like, no, if she doesn't want to yeah. fucking do it, don't fucking. Right? <laughs> well, you had sex with me once, so keep having sex with me. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah, what's your problem? Remember. All right, all right. So what if we just let Rocky touch your titties? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, all right. I can all do right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's only if she wants to, because yeah. we at the Nerd Corporation are. Pro consent. Um, so Tim Curry apparently was very reluctant to talk about this movie for many years due to some bad memories about overzealous fans. He told VH1, now that's a fucking dated reference. Right. Um, kids, just so you know, VH1 is a channel that used to be on the air that played music videos and some things like music trivia or, or, or like little vignettes and different uh documentaries Dude. i guess of of music pop-up videos was i was just gonna yeah. say yeah. the same pop-up, shit pop-up video and was I what vh1 the 80s, was known i love the whatever decades yeah yeah so good but so pop-up good. video for me like that defines vh1 yeah for yeah. real that and true hollywood story or yeah. whatever um anyway <laughs> he told sorry for that segue he told vh1 that he grew chubby and plain to try and escape the role of Frank. These days, he's a lot more open talking about the movie, and he even sees it as a rite of passage for teenagers. But, I mean, I, I get that. Like, he probably saw it the same then, too. It just, yeah. He was fucking sick of being hounded about it. Right. Susan, Susan Sarandon didn't want to, like, went on for a while that didn't want to talk about it, but it was because none of the cast saw DVD royalties. Ooh. Oof. Yeah. Well, which is the only place that this made m- money. Like, like Eddie was saying, uh, this bombed in the theaters. Oh yeah. Originally. Oh yeah. And now theaters a, are doing it yeah. on their own time, so right. they're going to be making the money. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's such it has such a huge cult following that you know VHS in the past and DVD and and Blu-ray and all that kind of stuff. That's where you're going to be making the money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that that really fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, I believe that Tim Curry even went so far as to get a wheelchair to escape the role of <laughs> Frankie. Right. Well, I think he was going to, I think he wanted to switch roles into Dr. Scott. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sick of being Frankenfurter. Let me take the Dr. Scott role. Right. Mick Jagger wanted to play Dr. Frankenfurter in the movie version. Oh, so glad that was not. Could you thing. imagine? Oh, I'm a sweet transsexual. <laughs> Oh, that's more Australian. <laughs> My sweet. No. 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 Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just walks in, fucking snorts a line of whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Um, I guess that in the scene where Frank is hitting Riff Raff with the whip, he's hitting the ground behind or the ground in front of him. But at one point, he got a little close and accidentally hit him. And you can see uh, Riff Raff, like, grimace a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, so this is interesting because like, you know, meatloaf is an easy target to make fun of. Oh yeah. You know, but that motherfucker, I mean, like he had issues for a good portion of his life, um, singing just because of some health things and some mental things. Uh, but like that motherfucker can sing and perform like, I'm sorry. You can't take that away from him. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. That man, the reason he was as famous as he was is because he was a fucking workhorse. Right. And he he knew his shit. So check this out. Richard O'Brien was concerned that meatloaf might not be able to handle uh, hot patootie. Bless my soul. Um, So O'Brien, when he brought out the music to him and handed it to him, he said, it's okay to flub a a few lines like that one. It's okay to flub a few lines. No one in the London cast has ever sung the whole thing correctly anyway. He looked at it, replied, what's the problem? And then sang the whole thing without skipping a beat perfectly. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's meatloaf. That's small PSA. We at the Nerd Corp know that the term is not transsexual anymore. Right. But right. we are just going with the flow of the movie. And Tim Curry has also stated that Frank is actually pansexual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's another product of being in the time it was like people don't, I mean, I guess it, they used the terminology that they were aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, it wasn't that they didn't understand it. It's transgender. Wasn't a thing back in the seventies. Yeah. It wasn't that they didn't understand what they were trying to say. It's that they didn't have the vocabulary to express things correctly. Yeah. Right. Because right. no one did at the point. Right. The movies referenced in the opening number science fiction double feature are The Day the Earth Stood Still from 1951, Flash Gordon franchise, The Invisible Man, King Kong, it came from outer space, Dr. X, Forbidden Planet, Tarantula, The Day of the Triffids. I think that's how you say it. Trifids, probably. It's two Fs, so it would be Triffids, oh, right? Interesting. Right? Yeah. Curse of the Demon and When Worlds Collide. Um, so, and, and leading into, that, that kind of goes into the trivia that I have up perfectly. Um. Richard O'Brien created Rocky Horror Picture Show from his love of classic science fiction and horror movies. Um, The play premiered in 1973 at the Royal uh, Court Theater upstairs in London, and it starred Tim Curry, Julie Covington, Christopher Malcolm, Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, Nell Campbell, Jonathan Adams, Patty O'Hagan, and Rainer Burton. Cool. The song I Can Make You a Man was inspired by Charles Atlas muscle ads from the 1940s and 50s, often with the slogan, In Just Seven Days I Can Make You a Man. Similarly, writer Richard O'Brien took the line, Don't don't dream it, be it, from the back of a magazine. Nice. Isn't that funny? I love that. This one's cool. According to Meatloaf, Elvis Presley was the studio's first choice to play Eddie. Uh, he apparently expressed interest, some interest in playing the role. Oh, wow. That would have been something. Right? <laughs> I like that rocking. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. So the the Time Warp song was originally written for the stage version to fill space. 
the original production was only 40 minutes long. Well, yeah. Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick, and Meatloaf were the only Americans in lead roles in the movie. <laughs> the first midnight showing was on April Fool's Day in 76 at the Waverly Theater in New York's Greenwich Village. So this one's a little, a little bit longer, but I, I think it sounds really cool. So according to Meatloaf, preparations for the motorcycle scene led to several onset accidents. His stuntman drove the motorcycle through the scene, <laughs> including up and down several steep ramps. This, the bike fell off the top tier and landed upside down, pinning the stuntman underneath. What the hell? Yeah. Meatloaf ran over and lifted the heavy bike just enough to move it off of him. The stuntman did not move for some time, but eventually opened his eyes and told everyone he was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he later told him that it was an old stuntman trick to make sure he wasn't suffering any pain or serious injuries before moving. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, to get shots of Meatloaf riding the bike up and down the ramps, the crew rigged a wheelchair that would hold a set of handlebars and a motorcycle windshield in front of a camera <laughs> as the crew pulled it up and down the steps. In the middle of shooting, though... The wheelchair hit a ridge at the bottom of the steps, sending him flying towards the floor oh my and God. shattering the camera and the windshield. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds expensive. <laughs> um, his stuntman tried to catch him, but the ramp caught the stuntman's leg and caused a serious fracture. Jesus, Jesus Christ. And Meatloaf also got a deep cut on his head. I wonder if that's the cut that's in the scene. Maybe. Or if that's, you know, just makeup, but. But yeah, well, I mean, that's, he, that's crazy. He wasn't like coming back as like a zombie or like the undead or anything. So that might be like an actual. Well, Rocky Horror is like two bits of it. I, I know it's Eddie's brain and somebody else's brain. Yeah. Well, no, oh. no, no. It's it's not. He split the brain between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. 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 Um, my last one is is that uh, Magenta and Columbia were first meant to be one person. Oh. Yeah. She was going to be switching between the personalities. Interesting. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I really like both of those actors. And so that was, it was really nice that they were both in that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any favorites? I mean, like the, for me, they're the whole, the whole soundtrack is unskippable. Uh, but I don't know. Touch a touch me is my favorite. I just like the way that one like flows and it's just like fun and punchy, I think is right. I mean, I like Eddie's rock and roll song. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I love them all, but that one's probably the most fun besides, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that one's like the most fun besides the time warp itself. Right. Right. Cuz time warp's a given. Yeah. Time warp's a given, but I think Touch a Touch Me is is like one of my favorite is is my favorite one. I um I was heavy into Glee for a time, the <laughs> the TV show. Right. The the more modern one, not the Right. But uh they did a Rocky Horror uh, oh, episode and the woman I can't remember what her name is but the woman that played the guidance counselor oh yeah yeah she did she did like I think the best cover of that song that I've seen talking about Jane Lynch not Jane Lynch no no oh, okay. that was that was earlier that was like oh, toward okay. the beginning of she's the, show, the only 
character from Glee that like I know of. Or no, no, she wasn't it. She didn't come in until a little bit later, right? Yeah, she didn't come in until a That's bit right. later. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Like you're talking about that, like that, that sort of like the cute mousy little... demure, like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Jama Hayes, who plays Emma Pillsbury. Nick, if you had to choose a favorite, which one would you? Do? <laughs> if you had to choose a favorite of your most hated part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know probably probably i don't know just because i like the i i did enjoy the the meatloaf scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'd probably go with that one but huh, like, patootie the only like song that i knew going back into the movie was time warp but, right i mean uh, yeah no i get it i get it uh make you a man was my like second one yeah that one's a really really good one Make you a man. Yeah, good one. It's a, it's a so good. I love that one. Um. All right. Well, I guess we'll go into our uh, final ratings. I mean, are we? Are what are we going with? Ten, uh, one, one and five. Yeah, one to five. One being the lowest, five being the highest. I mean, I like all of the characters were so amazing, and I mean, it's such a wild ride. Like. I you know I'd have to give it a five. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go the same way. I mean, not only is is this like a fun movie in itself, as someone who's partial to musicals, um, just the whole nostalgia of it is just yeah, you know, is 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 a five for me. Nick, be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, you obviously can't. No matter what, can't go wrong with like Tim Curry. Well, Absolutely true. not. Um, it really like made me go, "What the?" F-? When like you first hear Riff Raff sing like for the first oh, time, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like you do like, not what, expect rock that voice. You know, and you're just like, "What the shit?" Right? Yeah, you do not expect no, that. No. Um, but yeah, going into it as someone who was not really partial to musicals. Uh, but can appreciate like the characters and um, stuff like that. And Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I would probably, I would probably go maybe four. Wow. Okay. All right. No, that, that's good for me. That's, that's good. That's, that's good for me. And, and remember people don't dream it, be, be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our episode on Rocky Horror Picture Show. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow us on social media. On Facebook at the Nerd Corporation, a podcast. On Twitter and Instagram at Nerd Corp Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email at nerdcorppodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search the Nerd Corporation and watch out for our green Nerd Corp logo. If you love us and want to support what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Several tiers of loot to have access to from stickers and shirts to extra content and bonus episodes. We'd love to thank our nerd corporate backers, Glenn the Simp, Fillmore McLaurin, and Jake Hurst, and our nerd financial investor, Dallin Gilbert. Thank you, Dallin. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Fillmore. Bort, Bort. Oh, I was late. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> If you can't make a monthly contribution, consider supporting us on PayPal, paypal.me forward slash nerdcorppodcast. 
We want to have the best loot, give you the best giveaways, and give you the best nerdy experience, and that is the best way to do that. So, from all of us here, and not here at the Nerd Corporation, we thank you. We love you. Keep it nerdy, y'all. See ya. Don't do it.